Welcome to Critical Hit, a major spoilers podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and checking us out this week. So, we just got out of the hack, and uh, it's kind of one of those uh, out of the frying pan into the fryer kind of, uh, fire kind of situations, or fryer, depending on if you're someone that likes Long John Silver's or not. Not a sponsor oh, of this right. show, and probably wouldn't be a sponsor of this show after that <laughs> last comment. But anyway, uh, so that was what happened last time. On Critical, on Hit. Critical Hit. This time on Critical Hit, we are minus a Kevin and minus Sam both out uh, this week with uh, some some illness, uh, but uh, they're going to be they're going to be fine. Don't worry about that. We'll be back again. So um, instead of making you guys just have a week of no shows, uh, we thought that we would sit around and just kind of do a general chat. Um, general chat. Yeah, the general, general chat. chat, and uh, <laughs> the topic that I thought we would talk about is. Um, other games we are playing. So, you know, for years now, we've played D&D 4th Edition, we've played Fate, we've played Sentinels of the Multiverse, we've played uh, Pathfinder, we're currently playing Starfinder, but outside of Critical Hit, what else are we playing? Uh, some of you uh, uh, listeners I know have really exciting campaigns and other projects that you're working on, certainly if you are someone who is in the major spoilers discord in our RPG channel. People are talking about uh, all of their campaigns all of the time. So I would really encourage you, dear listener, if you haven't to sign up, uh, you know, into the major spoilers discord server, totally free. doesn't cost you anything. You get access to the general chat uh, channel, movies, TVs, uh, the RPG channel, the video games channel. There's a sports channel. If you're into that, um, and then we have some general chat for, you know, critical hit and all of the other podcasts that we do. Um, the one thing that if you do want to get access to some bonus content and listen to some shows live, including the GM roundtable that some of you were able to listen to as a kind of a bonus addition to one of the episodes, a, uh, several weeks ago, you can listen to that show live and ask your questions live when you connect your Patreon account to our discord server, um, at the silver level and higher. And so you get access to that live recording and you get access to, I think at this point, we've got like 15 other um, shows, uh, other episodes of the GM Roundtable, plus a Sentinels of the, uh, not Sentinels of the Multiverse. What was that other one that we did? Shadow of the Demon Lord uh, that we played. Sign of the Gypsy Queen. And then the other one that we did was a little six uh, issue mini series of uh, going back to Modern City. So if some of you were fans of that, you can get a little six issue mini series over there at patreon.com slash major spoilers and then connect your discord account and then come and chat with all of all of the rest of the cool kids that are out there in the world including man i was going through the other day i was going through our stats we have listeners in india hello india we have listeners in australia and new zealand we have we actually have uh listeners in nepal which i thought was uh, super fascinating um we have, I think, one listener in the Sudan, or maybe it's three. I'd have to go back and look. But I know that there was between one and three in the Sudan. Ethiopia, I think, had one. So hello, Ethiopian listeners. Um, but we have listeners all over the world. I have yet to see any reports from Antarctica, uh, but maybe that will be coming in uh, soon. But if you are down at the bottom there's of the world. There's only like nine people in Antarctica. No, there's a lot more than that. But if you're down at the bottom of the world, please let us know. So anyway, uh, this week... Um, I thought we would talk about the other games that we are playing. And for a while now, Rodrigo, you have been teasing us all about your your Lancers RPG, your big mech 
uh, RPG campaign. Can you can you talk a little bit about that and what you're doing with that and how it's going and all those kinds of things? Sure. I'm running a short campaign uh, of Lancer, mostly because it's hard to schedule everybody. Um, and it kind of manifested because another game that I was running uh, ran into some kind of frequent scheduling issues. So I took a couple of people from my Exalted game, added a few other ones, and I started running uh, a Lancer campaign. Where only this is going to be the third uh, game, um, and probably the last one. Um, so uh, let's see what to what to say about it. Um, Lancer is a game about uh, piloting giant robots and mostly fighting other giant robots. Um, a lot of people, I think, come in like really expecting a Pacific Rim like kaiju situation. There are rules for kaiju, but um, the main uh, action of the game tends to be more uh, Gundam than Godzilla, right? More, um, uh, it's a uh, it's a soft sci-fi game dressed up really well like a hard sci-fi game their <laughs> uh techno babble is really on point um but you know uh mechs there's a mech that can teleport there's mechs that can turn invisible there's mechs that can like um alter probability uh you know all kinds of stuff so so the mechs um, are mutants yeah sufficiently mechs- advanced technology in a uh, yeah. post-scarcity yeah. world yeah, uh, or at least for the solar right. system, the rest of the galaxy seems to be not so post scarcity. Right. Uh, a big part of the, a big aspect of Lancer is that uh, we did it. Uh, we uh, created a post scarcity, like peaceful society, um, but pretty much only, uh, like Brian said, in the solar system, uh, humans have expanded to lots of places in the galaxy and they haven't gotten the memo. So a lot of games of Lancer involve um, Union, which is uh, you know the, the sort of collective human post-scarcity uh, like hyper um, like communist dream world uh, to go out there and uh, negotiate with people and being like, hey, you should join us and we'll just give you stuff, right? Like, you, you can also live the post-scarcity dream. But a lot of systems are um, ruled by, you know, despots or giant companies, um, like uh, what are called corporate states in the, in the game. So they're like, no, we're, we're doing fine oppressing our populace, and we're rich, so we don't care. Uh, so when uh, diplomacy breaks down, they send in the troops, and you, as a, uh, a PC, play a Lancer, which is an elite mechanized cavalry unit. Um, because that's, you know, you have infantry and then you have um, basically what you send in to break lines and actually like push forward. And that's what the PCs play, right? Um, mechs are, you don't. Uh, have a mech that you own necessarily. Um, 
printing technology is like super duper great. So basically, you print a mech, nice, um, oh. and ride that around for a while, and then later on, you get the license for a different mech, and you can basically crush your old mech into uh, raw material and yeah, into residuum <laughs> and print a new mech. Um, and you can, you know, you can reprint that mech as many times as you want, but you're only allowed to be driving one mech at a time. So this is like a, the, a Gundam where you're driving the mech and not like a, you know, a, a super robot that has its own identity. Right. Okay. Not yeah. quite. Robots that have their own identity do exist in the setting in the okay. sense that a lot of the, um, a lot of the wacky sci-fi stuff is facilitated by the creation of these things called NHPs, which, which stands for non-human person, which are uh, computer intelligences that are so advanced that they can they're essentially capable of computational feats that for all intents and purposes can create like magical effects um they you can get your own nhp that lives in your mech um and you know if you crush your mech and make a new one you can take it out you don't have to crush the the nhp too you don't have to like um, kill it they're yeah, they're essentially NPCs, but also they tend to have some very powerful effects. Usually, you don't get an NHP until you get to like the third license level of a of a mech, um, and that's when uh, that's when you're kind of able to uh, to use them a little bit more. Also, you can just give them control of your mech if you need to like jump out for whatever reason. Uh, there's actually there's a talent introduced in uh, one of the supplements where. You can uh, essentially be like, hey, space monster, take control. And your uh, NHP takes control of your mech. You jump out of your mech and you like put out fires or like run over to other people's mechs and put out their fires or like are able to like repair stuff while like hanging out of your mech while your NHP fights with your mech. Um, it, it gets pretty wacky. Very cool. So, but you're having fun with that. Are there any, have there, are there things in the system that you found that you like or don't like, or are you ready to do another campaign after this one wraps up? Yeah, I, I would like to do something else after this wraps up. Um, if for no other reason that I want to get more familiar with the system, um, I, it's, you know, it, it's, ta- it's a tactical game. It's actually very influenced by fourth edition. Um, so there's a lot there that I like. Um, but for example, like encounter balance is, uh, kind of, uh, it, it clear is, is clearly an art, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a game where like, unlike say a D and D game, it's very possible that the entire party has significant ranged options, right? Can basically fight at range. Uh, with you know machine guns and cannons and rocket launchers and lasers and stuff like that, um, so cover is very important. So how much cover you provide and whether the enemies care about cover or not um, can really change things. One of the things that I played, I put a lot of cover down, and then I feel that these enemies that have these like arcing projectiles that can land behind the cover and hit the uh, PCs anyway, so it was like, well, what was the point of all this cover, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but also the players figured that out on the fly and were like, well, instead of like wasting our movement by try- running and trying to find cover, let's just 
you know, like charge at these guys, and they did that, and it turned out, you know, mostly pretty well after they took some damage. Cool, 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 cool. Um, what are there's any other games that you're playing? Is there an, another RPG game that you're playing too, or is Lancer yeah. the only side side thing? No, I'm running uh, a, an Exalted game that I've been running for a long time, and again, it's kind of uh, we're only playing about once a month nowadays because of scheduling. So that's kind of why I jumped into, I was like, let's run a Lancer game. Uh, because, um, yeah, this is, a, this is a long running game. I don't expect that we're going to stop anytime soon. I'm guessing eventually schedules are going to free up and we'll be able to do it more frequently again. Uh, but yeah, that, that game uh, takes place in the northern area of Exalted's world creation and uh, the players now have a like small city that they're in charge of and have uh sort of either pissed off or formed some kind of uh alliance with most of like the major supernatural powers of the area so they're pretty well settled into what what they want to do um it's you know it's good times yeah whoa so you've been talking about your Exalted game for like as long as I've known you. And I literally realized at this moment that I was thinking of Aberrant rather than Exalted. Right. Uh, so and I'm like, did you I, pick I up the Aberrant? I, I haven't it. been running this Exalted game since you've known me. This is, this is a different one. Okay. Um, but, but you've been talking about Exalted. I have been talking about Exalted. I have, I have in fact, both played and ran Aberrant. The, I don't know, is there a D20 version out now? Uh, I, don't, I mean, there was a D20 version out. Now, right. They recently came out, or at least two backers, with mm-hmm. uh, the new, uh, I forget what they're calling, the Trinity system now. Oh, but right, because right, now it's its own system. But yeah, I've, I've played Aberrant. Uh, Aberrant is... Aberrant is a White Wolf superhero game. It's White, White Wolf, Wolf are the guys X-Men, that, basically. yeah, White Wolf are the the guys that did Vampire the Masquerade. So definitely, a lot of the things that were like angsty and edgy in the '90s are present in Aberrant. And if you look at the whole Trinity continuum, Aberrant is like particularly edgy because of what ends up happening to the Aberrants in. Uh, uh, the the eon part of it right because the the trinity continuum is split into three games adventure which is a pulp um like 1920s uh adventure game obviously uh aberrant which is a superhero game and then the space opera game eon um i think it's pronounced eon maybe aeon i don't know um and uh the ae storm thing yeah so it's 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 cool because there's three types of critters in adventure. There's mesmers um, or mesmerists, uh, daredevils, and if, I forget what the Stalwarts? strong men are called. Stalwarts. Yeah. So there's like physical ones, luck ones, and uh, mental ones. Mm-hmm. So you can say adventure is the game in which the, uh, the daredevils show up or show off. Aberrant is the one where the stalwarts show off because the majority of aberrants have like these super incredible physical powers, and then the mesmerists come into their own at the end of the continuum. 
what you said there was a pulp game you were playing too, Rodrigo? Uh, I'm not playing it now, but yeah, Adventure. Oh, Adventure. Okay. All right. Yeah. And they actually uh, just that. recently finished a Kickstarter for the new edition of that, which I did back. Nice. Yeah. For the new edition of Adventure or? Of adventure, and I'm okay. probably going to pick up a copy of Aberrant through that too, since that hasn't so been you, released publicly. You guys always pronounce words differently than me. It makes me feel bad. But <laughs> well, you know, sometimes Matthew, when it comes to words, um, a lot of times we don't hear some of these words. Uh, this yeah. is one of the things that happens quite a bit. Uh, but we read it, and in our mind, we're like, "Oh, um, that's gotta obviously be how one would say it or pronounce it." And then when you go out and other people are like, no, it's pronounced aluminium, uh, then, <laughs> then you really figure out the correct way. And you realize you're in, you're in New Zealand. Yeah. Sorry. What about, uh, what about you, uh, Rob? What, what uh, games are you playing outside of, of uh, our Starfinder adventure? Uh, for the last month or so, I've been playing a lot of modern Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, but as far as RPGs <laughs> go... Uh, I played... We played... Our plane, it may be over. Uh, Neon City Overdrive on Brian's recommendation. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's really fun. Like, uh, So we were looking for kind of a cyberpunkish feeling for a game. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I turned to my best resource on, I need a game for such and such. Uh, Brian. I mean, that's who I turn to. <laughs> right. Uh, that's why we keep like, him around. I don't know any better resource for this. Uh, but he recommended Neon City Overdrive was one of the ones that was reasonably inexpensive and the style of game that the guy who wanted to run it would like to do. Uh, so there's no... The DM never rolls any dice. Uh, it's all about the players figuring out what abilities they have and equipment they have that can be used in this situation to either you know uh in combat it'd be to either attack or defend against the uh, guy and it's you figure out what all you have you get a bunch of one color of d6 and then the dm is throwing in things that are causing problems Mm. for it like whatever equipment the bad guy has you know the fact that he's a big strong guy any disadvantages you have uh, and those are another set of d6 you roll all of them and kind of compare where everything's going uh, but the big thing with it is the dm doesn't have to do anywhere near as much in the way of preparation oh really for the game like you need to prepare what kind of story and where where things can go but uh bad guys like it, it the book has some very specific, has some little blocks for what uh, some generic bad guys are that can be reskinned and adjusted accordingly. Uh, but it's got like 12 different bad guys for various things and everything else is just kind of modify on the fly for what the situation is. Hmm. Cool. That okay. sounds like fun. Yeah, that does sound like fun. Uh, Brian, what, what about you? What, what have you been playing? I know there was one that uh, you tweeted out the other day, uh, Panic at the Dojo. And yeah. I went over to their Kickstarter page and uh, downloaded the, uh, what is it, the Karate Hot Foot? Uh, the quick Panic kickstart? The, yeah, the kickstart, the uh, quick start uh, thing. So I've been kind of flipping through nice. that, but what's that all about? Yeah, I, I can't say I've really been playing much what, with the you know pandemic and me getting yeah. a new job that has me work six to three. And oh, 
every other weekend. So gaming's not been much of a thing this last year and a half or so. Uh, I mean, I have been reading a lot of stuff. One of those is Panic at the Dojo. Uh, it's, it's something of an interesting thing. It's a tactical game, very much like themed off of like fighting games and anime shows. Uh, so you move around on a grid and have different abilities and moves. Uh, you, the main thing that you uh, use to define your characters are three different stances that you can switch between from round to round which are each made up of a form and a style. The form gives you like what dice you roll and some abilities, and your style adds flavor to that. So like form of an eagle, shape of a... Yeah, so like one of them they have here, I've got it open here, it's a Forbidden Dragon Storm Stance, a range of 1 to 3, and the dice that you roll for this is a 1d10, 2d8s, 2d6s, and a d4. And so you have um, uh, Hollow Queen's... So this is specific for this one uh, character. Hollow Queen's actions may apply to one extra target within range. Whenever HQ takes damage, uh, Hollow Queen takes damage from an enemy's action. Increase that damage by one. And then you have uh, three things. you got a three plus amplify. HQ's next action uh, this turn has its range increased by two and may apply it up to three extra targets. Then you've got a four plus for uh, Aftershock and then some other things that that go in there. But uh, it, it's fairly straightforward, although it does look like you need a lot of dice to chuck around in this game. Yeah, I mean, uh, up to uh, six or seven. Some builds can actually squeeze out seven. Uh, so, and yeah, basically it, it's uh, D4s to, I don't think I've seen anything higher than a D10. And you roll those, and depending on the number, you can spend them to do different actions. So each die is basically a separate action that you can do. So it, it's interesting. Uh, I kind of really want to give it a try. It is a little bit weird. Like uh, there is no character advancement or anything. So basically the characters that you make out of the gate is what you get. Uh, All the dice play is entirely in combat. Uh, Skills are just handled narratively. If you have one, you know, one of your four skills matches the situation, you can just say you do the thing and you do the thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It looks looks pretty interesting. Um, Anything else that you're reading that has caught your eye? I would say the main thing I've been reading over the past year is a line of games called Soulbound, which is the Warhammer Age of Sigmar RPG. Oh, like the the fantasy version. Yes, the fantasy. uh, So basically what they, uh, some time ago, they blew up the old Warhammer fantasy world. (laughs) And since then... blew it up! Damn you! The old big apocalypse happened, and since then, like the worlds have recoalesced into like these eight different realms. Up so, like, the Skaven evolved from men. It's madness. <laughs> Something like that. Skaven are definitely around. They apparently tunneled from the old world to the new one, as did dwarves. Don't ask how that works. Uh, apparently, lizard men went to space. Quantum tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, so basically yeah, there's these eight different realms. That, so it's kind of like weirdly like Planescape meets Exalted because the central premise of Soulbound is that your heroes chosen by some god who's had their souls all basically tied together to give them even more power and you know sent out on quests. Uh, so, you know, you got... You know, your typical Warhammer trappings, although one thing they've done with Age of Sigmar is, like, give everything a slightly different name so that they can be more trademarked. 
So you got sure. the Dwarden instead of the Dwarves and the Elves instead of the Elves and stuff like that. <laughs> that cool. uh, was the actual impetus for the uh, destruction of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from making Georgia, stronger copyrights. Like <laughs> yeah. well, you got them Dordan and then Ailes. But there's like some weird <laughs> character options. You know, you got your basically your tree folk too as one, and uh, more or less Deva, you know, like chosen of uh, Sigmar, who some call Sigmarines because they look a lot like the Space Marines, but in the fantasy setting. Ah, uh, because they are chosen by the god Sigmar, and <laughs> reforged as such. And so, yeah, you can play those things, and, you know, there's some neat uh, classes, more or less. I mean, it's not actually a class system. Everything's like a selection of feats, more or less. Right. But, uh, yeah, you can be, like, the steampunk dwarves or the uh, undersea Cthulhu-esque elves who steal souls because they got some weird soul curse, and it's the only way they can reproduce. Like you do. Yeah. Yeah. Or to murder bloodletting elves. You know. Well, who are on the good guy side. I want to play like the shoemaking elves who hide out in the cabinets during the day. Yeah, but uh, you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want them in your house because uh, number one, it's an infestation. And number two, uh, if you're not careful, they'll bite your fingers off. Uh, <laughs> what, are, what are you playing, Matthew? Are you, are you doing any RPG? I know at one point you I said am. you were doing some RPG stuff with your family. Yes, well, it's not just with my family, which is why it's been on hold for about the last, oh, uh, either 13 months or 17,000 years, however you count the time from the spring of 2020 till now. Uh, we had been playing a Fate Accelerated game. Which, yeah, which one? Uh, Fate Accelerated. Oh, just Fate Accelerated. You weren't like doing yeah. Dresden was Files in, or... Uh, in Fate Accelerated. Okay. Well, no, because here's the thing. You remember Tom. Yeah. Tom has uh, basically in... In his brain, he has a setting that he plays with. It's essentially kind of an X Files setting where it's the real world, essentially, uh, but there are supernatural elements that pop up. And occasionally, these supernatural elements will pop up and bad things happen to people. Mm-hmm. And of course, he and his wife and varying you know, companies of people have been playing in this world for like 30 years. And he just sort of applies it to different systems as they go. It initially came out of a book called, oh crap, now I can't remember the name of it. But it was back Unknown in like Army. 1980. No, it was a horror game. It was specifically an RPG. Okay, Brian, here's your thing. <laughs> specifically an RPG horror game from the mid-80s. Was it Call and of Cthulhu? It, no, it was not Call of Cthulhu. I would remember that. Um, was, it, I think it had a one-word title. Was it Chill? It was chill. Holy moly. Well played, sir. I got yes, those, I the original books. There, there's yeah. a new edition of that, too. But I, like, I found a whole bunch game. of the old books in uh, Booksaholic in Wichita and bought them. Yeah. We actually uh, we made uh, a game. So uh, the players were me and my family. And then uh, Tom's wife and son, who just turned 30. And oh, my God, I'm old. Um, and we were basically uh, people who were distantly related. And occasionally the family matriarch would call upon different members of the family and say, look, you have to come right now. It's a family obligation and everybody's down with this. But we were playing some really cool kind of characters. And mine was my perhaps my favorite modern character in a while. Uh, I was playing a character. I want you to imagine 
a, a YouTube TikTok star, right? Who's not quite Bill Nye, but not quite Professor Hinckley from Gilligan's Island, but bits of both, who would do little videos for people called Science is Lit. <laughs> who you know just happened to be dragged into this so yeah it was it was really fun and of course it's the first time my daughter and i have ever played rpg games together mm. they've actually gone out and played with their friends and i you know played games that they were aware of but sitting down with my daughter and playing this game was so weird because seeing her in the RPG setting and remembering being 17 and playing games and being, you know, being that kid at that time, 30 years earlier, I could not imagine my mom or any of her many husbands sitting down to play games with us. And it was just so weird that I'm like, this, this small person here now is enjoying games. But there's another game that I've been wanting, and I need Brian's help on this. Mm-hmm. We, we need to pick your brain. I need a system that I can access easily. Fate, fate accelerated. Now, that has specific rules for superhuman powers, but not in an aberrant way. In sort of a, uh, the, the best way I can describe it is the Silver Age Sentinels kind of way. Sentinels of the Multiverse. So there's Silver Age Sentinels. Is it still around? I haven't heard that thing. Um, I mean, you can go on drive through RPG and get the old books, but uh, there's yeah, talk of them I mean, doing a new edition because that publisher's back, more or less. Are they? Yeah, uh, I, the old. I would yeah. really like something with that kind of vibe where I can tell. I, I would like to be able to tell a story that would basically give you the ability to range from about 1958 Legion of Superheroes to write about the dawn of the horrible 90s so i could do that whole silver and bronze age stuff and then i want to just put my whole family in and sit them down and say now you're a superhero you're on my turf <laughs> what do y'all i mean there is um you know i, I say fate uh, venture city is that is that campaign setting for the superheroes yeah. yeah they do have that i mean honestly i i think my kind of go-to for superhero games right now is uh uh, the uh, Sentinels of the or Sentinel Comics RPG, mm-hmm. yeah. How, how is the character creation in that? You have you finally had it's, a chance to do some character creation in that? A little bit. I kind of ran my wife through a bit of it just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. She ended up making like an ex-con roller swan. Nice, because <laughs> there is like a uh, random option, or you can just choose from the list what you want your character to be. And, uh, I mean, also you can go online and find the old Marvel superhero RPG too. If that's the thing you want, if you want to roll on that well, I keep telling weird Matthew, old color coded uh, chart, I keep telling Matthew, he needs to run that eighties, uh, Legion of superheroes game. Yeah. That's from the DC RPG, which yeah. I actually know a little better than the Marvel RPG. I mean, there's nothing wrong with old RPG systems. The only problem with it though, is that there's, there's no continuing development. Well, which is that can be, that can be fine, right? Because you don't have to learn the Sentinel rules. comics. Yeah, basically, again, and you pretty much when you create your character, that's what you get. I mean, you can always, you know, go back and shift things around to represent, you know, character development. So, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want something that's like kind of tied to like old basic Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, uh, there's an interesting game, and again, it kind of has uh, random character creation. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it has Sentinels in the name. It was like Sentinels of Echo City, I think. Let me see if that They're was it. making stuff up now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's basically kind of like uh, if uh, they made the Marvel superhero RPG, but using the Dungeons and Dragons rules instead of face rip. Bad yeah. Guy. And that's yeah, that might be good. That's on uh, Drive Through RPG for like seven bucks in a PDF you, form. Yeah, yeah, and it's a fairly comprehensive system. I've definitely looked at it, and so if you know if you're into the older style D and D systems, I would really suggest checking it out. Oh, it's actually on sale right now for six sixty seven. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I am old school. I mean, do they have that? Do they have that DC oh. uh, game? DC uh, RPG over at Drive Through RPG? I wonder. Oh, uh, I have that. Uh, Vigilant, DC, uh, DC Villains Universe and Vigilantes Army. came out with a new edition. What? V&V is back? Yeah. Oops, sign me up. Uh, there's also Icons, which is... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Like a, It's kind of a fate derivative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, I it, love it's Villains its own. and Vigilantes simply because every once in a while, I will like throw a Villains and Vigilantes out in a Twitter 10 things, and the same four guys will be like, I thought I was the only one and they never meet each other. And I always, <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, you know, anytime anybody has a question about Sentinel comics, I'm just like, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing a lot of RPG stuff, uh, right now. Um, because we do have one person in the house who, uh, wanted to get into it. And then one of his friends was like, no, that's all demon Satan worship stuff. All nerd stuff. No, demon. <laughs> he, he, it was totally into the demon <gasps> Satan stuff. So it's like, ah, oh. I'm trying to explain to him, uh, you know, uh, it's not, um, but now um, let's play shadow of the demon Lord. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, but, uh, my youngest who just turned 10, uh, I was like, you know what? We should play Gloomhaven jaws of the lion, uh, which is kind of the, uh, tutorial version of the Gloomhaven game. And so it just walks you through how to play everything in a very step-by-step manner. And uh, we played like the first two or three, first two, and we were having a great time. And he was like, oh, this is the greatest game in the world. And then we got to, uh, I think it's um, Adventure 4, and it just beat down on us hard twice. And he is not one that likes to lose. And he had a a little bit of an issue. And so I was like, well, we're going to have to put that game away for a while until you figure out that it's okay to lose sometimes. And then I was like, hey, look what came in the mail. Almost literally on the same day that uh, we were like, let's put uh, Jaws of the Lion aside. It was the uh, Marvel United game from um, Come On or Cool Mini or Not or whatever that they're calling themselves today. I think it's just Come On. Uh, But this is... uh, this is an interesting game where you're running around the board and um, you're running from different locations that are randomly chosen and you're trying to defeat the villain that's, you know, you can pick whatever villain that you want to do. And you're trying to defeat and save citizens and beat up thugs. And uh, the way that it's played is that um, you go around the table and each person has a deck of 30 cards. I think it's 30 cards. Um, no, it's 15 cards that you can play out. Um for an action that your character does. And then the person that goes after you, they get to use their card plus the card before. So there's some team up work that goes on. And so one of the keys to winning the game is to have a little bit of open communication. So you might say, well, I'm thinking of doing, uh, you know, uh, a punch or a move. 
right. do you can can you use that to your advantage in in your next in your next play? And then of course the villain gets a chance to play, and then you know things can get out of hand very very quickly. It is a fairly easy game to play, especially with just the base, um, you know, the base challenges, just the default uh, villain schemes and everything. It can get out of hand, though. We did do an Ultron one the first time we tried to play Ultron. Uh, his bots swarmed the table like within three rounds or with three turns. I'm sorry, and we were done. <laughs> and so that was that was not fun. But we ended up beating him, and we've beat all the villains in the main box. But I went ahead on the Kickstarter campaign and did the all-in thing. So we've got Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. We've got like tons of, of just random uh, Marvel characters like Doctor Strange and uh, Daredevil and Shang-Chi and, and all of those. Uh, what else do we have? We've got, uh, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy one. There is a Thanos um, Infinity Gauntlet edition. There's the Power of Wakanda, Tales of Asgard. And then there is the uh, Return of the Sinister Six, which is where you're taking on all six of Spider-Man's main villains at once. And it's pretty fun. And then, of course, if you want a, more uh, of a challenge, you have these challenge cards that basically take you from beginner to advanced to expert kind of level where you're discarding some of your cards and you don't have those cards in your deck. And if you run out of cards in your deck, everybody loses. Uh, so that makes it a little bit more challenging. But it is super fun. Um, the, the youngest, the sidekick and I, played it and he was like oh my god this is so much fun and then he was talking about it at dinner and he was like can we go play again i was like yeah sure and i was like hey the wife do you want to come down and play and she's like i guess and it's so easy to explain how to play this game you can you can learn it in five minutes or less and then we had such a good time that the oldest the boy uh finally has come in and sat down and he was going through all the characters and i know matthew will appreciate this because he was like oh howard the duck i want to play howard the duck and I was like, no, first of all, I didn't even know you knew who Howard the Duck was. And he's like, oh, yeah, this one is this is going to be one of the best uh, characters in the whole box. And it does turn out that Howard has a card that kind of makes him a little bit, in my opinion, OP. Because as soon as you are able to start beating on the villain, because uh, you have to complete several challenges before you can start hitting on the va- villain. But Howard has this card where you hit the villain for all but one of his hit points. So we were going up against Kingpin. And Kingpin had like 11 hit points and he just plays this card and knocks Kingpin down to one, uh, one remaining hit point. And then my wife went next and wiped him out. So it was the you power know, of quack foo, man. I, I guess it is. I don't remember if that was the name of the card or not. Um, but he was, he was complaining. He was like, man, this, there's no Deadpool in this. He would be the craziest, most fun character to play. And then of course the very next day, um, cool mini or not, or come on announced the X-Men United which is all of the X-Men, uh, pretty much all the X-Men characters. And it is a huge collection, just like, like uh, the Marvel United one is. And they do have a Deadpool expansion, so he is super excited about that. They're, they released a, um, a Fantastic Four expansion as part of this as well. And then there's a um, Days of Future Past where, you're, where you've got these giant Sentinels that are like three times the size of the regular Chibi-style uh, figures that come with this. Uh, so much so that there's one of the figures, I think it's the Sentinel-2 figure, can actually hold a regular figure in its hand, is how big it is, like clutching <laughs> it. And nice. so the only good character in there is Wolverine in that expansion. So I don't know if it's supposed to be the Sentinels are going against Wolverine or, or how that, game, that expansion works, but I'm looking forward to that. And uh, you'll be happy to know, Rodrigo, that one of the very last mutants that they unlocked before the campaign closed today, just about an hour ago, was... Uh, 
was Morrow. Isn't that one of your favorite uh, sure. X Men uh, characters? So is it ugly Morrow or pretty Morrow? It well, all of it depends on how you feel about the the commands uh, chibi style characters because sometimes they can look really really cool, but sometimes they look kind of ugly. So I would say it's kind of in between. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. So you know some of the. Some of the, you know, the big head, small eyes kind of thing that they have going on, it kind of looks a little weird sometimes, but it looks cool. I'm never going to paint these because I don't know how to paint minis, but, um, you got a brush, right? Nah, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to, I'm going to get uh, Brad to do it at some point. Uh, just pay <laughs> him to do all of my miniatures. Uh, but this is a really fun game. If people, if you haven't checked it out, you know, the base game can be bought at like Target and, uh, they had it at our Walmart. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I did saw it, see it at Walmart as well. All the expansions, I don't know how you get the expansions because I don't know if they've announced anything f- through your friendly local gaming store if those expansions are available now or if you're just SOL because I know that the bonus Kickstarter figures, and there's like 40 of them, um, are just were kind of exclusive to Kickstarter. So yeah, you may be able to get the Guardians of the Galaxy Remix uh, expansion, but you may not be able to get the Gamora exclusive figure that, that came with uh, one of the Kickstarter uh, uh, you know, reward system, the tiers that they were doing, they were unlocking. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's but it's a fun game. I, I I think that this game will have infinite resellability. The downside is uh, I got no place to store this stuff. You guys have seen my house mm-hmm. and my uh, big old Calyx. So uh, what are they? The the five by five Calyx systems. They're completely full with stuff. And with Marvel United, and then next year when X Men United arrives. I got no space for these. So I'm, I, I actually started clearing out a bunch of, of games that I either have never played or have zero interest in playing or played and just really hated. So Brian, at some point you're going to have to come over and pick up boxes upon <laughs> boxes of games to figure out what you want to do with them. Um, oh, I'm sure my wife will love that. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure she will. Um, then uh, as far as the dungeons and tape them together, you can use them as a bed. It's yeah. There's enough of them here. Uh, you could build a partition between uh, between your half of the uh, house and her half of the house when you bring home all these games that she doesn't want in the house. <laughs> I think um, we just paint a white line down the middle of the living room. <laughs> is how that goes. As far as Dungeons and Dragons go, the oldest is about to enter high school. So for those of you that have been listening to Critical Hit since the beginning, Ugh. you know that he's been a very young child, but he's he's a freshman next year. And so the parents had nice. to go and do a um, a tour of the high school, which I was like, oh, I hate these boring ass things. But um, one of the things that uh, I walked past a sign because they actually at the high school have a D&D club. And I was like, oh, cool. And I mentioned it to the boys like, so are you going to join the D&D club? He's like, no. He's like, I went up to their table, though, and they they pulled out a D20 and rolled it and asked us if we knew what it was. And I said, did you tell him? Did you tell him? And they were and he's like, no, he goes, they asked me if I knew what a, what happens when you roll a, 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 a D20. And I said, you didn't say a critical hit? The, the, same, the name of the show that your dad podcasts on? He's like, no. <laughs> but um, So one of, the, one of the interesting things about critical hit that has happened over the years uh, was that um, Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro send us um, you know, copies of all of their new books and things that they have coming out. So I've talked about a lot of them on Finally Friday, or if you follow on Instagram, you'll see pictures of these. Uh, and I'm, I greatly appreciate these. And I, and I think that it's really kind of cool because like Brian will come in and go, Oh, can I borrow this book? Or can I, you know, do these things? Um, but one of the things that they do is they send for a lot of their most recent, uh, books, the fifth edition books, they send two copies. One is the, the, the normie version 
and one is the the variant cover, the really super nice variant the cover. Version. Yeah, the deluxe versions so that they have. Same content on the inside. The only difference is the covers. And so I've I've got like basically everything fifth edition in duplicate form. And uh, knowing that uh, you know kids probably don't have a lot of money to play to buy all these modules, I just contacted their their supervisor or their advisor at the school, and I said, "Hey, I've got all of these books. Do you guys want them?" So I'm I'm just donating. Not you know it's all the duplicates. I, mean, I still have a copy of everything myself, but uh, I'm just going to donate those to the high school so that their D and D club can uh, can play a lot of adventures and a lot of different. That's models. nice. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Make um, sure that you go and buy the the Tomb of the Unknown Death. Just to get in there. <laughs> they probably have that. Uh, you know, they probably play that or whatever. But um, I mean, Tales from the Yawning Portal did have uh, the Tomb of Annihilation. I think that I they believe. did have Tomb of Annihilation in there. Yeah. <laughs> the other, only other game that I've kind of played just by myself. Well, there's a lot of um, vi- virtual games because w- the other thing that my wife said because I, I kind of knew when we were playing Marvel United. She was like, is there an electronic version of this game? Because there's a lot of little parts and pieces that go with the board game. But I know that she was like, I want to play this game some more, but I want to play it on my iPad. So I'm hoping that Cool Mini or not will will do that in the future. But I've been playing a lot of those uh, games. Magic the Gathering I've kind of gotten into, even though I was like, no, I want to stay away from it uh, because of Magic Arena. Um, But the only other board game that I've been playing is... Uh, Cthulhu Death May Die, also from, I believe, Cool Mini or not. Mm. Um, this one is really cool because you play sometimes historical figures, sometimes fictional characters, and you are running through these locations trying to defeat a lot of the elder gods that are trying to, to come into the world. Um, and there's cultists that you have to to deal with. You have to break up. Sometimes you have to break up these, these spells or sometimes uh, places are on fire that you can't enter. And, uh, it's, it's rather interesting because as you start to lose sanity, you also gain power. And one of the characters I really enjoy playing is Rasputin because he gets to die once and come back for free and doesn't, doesn't, uh, end the game. (laughs) And so Rasputin, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to have him run through the entire place. Cause if you enter a room and then leave a room, if there's a villain or a monster in there, they follow you into the next room. So Rasputin will have like 10 cultists around him. And then I'll just unleash one of Rasputin's powers and knock them all out within a, within a round or two. And he's taking no damage or sanity hits on it. It's, it's a fun game. It's, it also has a lot of, of miniatures and uh, other things with it, but I, I really enjoy that one. One of these days I will have to um, do a live stream of, of just that game. Cause you can play it solo. You can play it with uh, f- up to five people, I think. Uh, but that one, that one is really fun. Um, the one I am very interested in, and I don't know if any of you guys have had a chance to play it. I know Rodrigo was following it for a long time. Was I Hunt, the yeah. uh, killing monsters in a gig economy? Have you played anything with that yet? No, I haven't. I haven't gotten a chance to uh, to play it or run it. It's based on fate, so oh okay. Um, if uh, if we ever decide to do that, it won't be too big of a uh, a, a transition, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks a lot. It looks like a lot of fun. It's a good. It, it looks like a good way to sort of like get out our like our kicks at the system. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I haven't. I haven't had a chance to, to to sit anyone down and force them to play, which is how games get played. As far mm-hmm. as I know, I'm just like call up a <laughs> bunch of people and I'm like, hey, I'm running a game on Sunday. Do you want to play? 
They're yeah. like, uh, yeah, I guess. I'm like, all right, well, you better be there. I'm going to send you a massive packet. <laughs> and you have to read the whole thing by then. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I, unfortunately, COVID has kind of uh, taken a shot at that. But there's all sorts of things like Roll20 and uh, the the digital um, game board or whatever it is that, that people tabletop. What yeah. is it? Digital tabletop, Ryan? Is that what it is? Virtual tabletop? Yeah. Uh, table, yeah, table, I think table. both are used. Yeah, the virtual tabletop, use. I think, is the most common. Found, foundry, too? Is that a thing? Mm, maybe. Foundry, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? Uh, Rob, since, yeah. since we've been in, in COVID, how, what's been going on with your Magic uh, the Gathering obsession? Uh, it's been difficult. <laughs> um, there's still some... Uh, some live play, but Watsi has shut down all sanctioned events in mm-hmm. North America until further notice, basically. Like, I think it's once every three months they're doing a reevaluation of can we open in six months? Yeah. Uh, and so far it's been no, no, no. Uh, however, uh, I have been doing some, uh, I've been doing more on Arena than I had in the past. Uh, I know this weekend is an arena open for Strixhaven, uh, Strixhaven Sealed, yeah. uh, that I and one of my friends will be doing, at least one of my friends will be doing most of the day. Well, hopefully not most of the day, because if we get in the first time, then you know we don't have to play the rest of the day, and we'll be playing most of the day on Sunday. Uh, but last time, I... Uh, on critical hit. On critical hit. On critical hit. We started around 11 a.m., and I qualified around... 3 a.m. about or about 3:40 a.m. about 20 minutes before the uh, qualifiers closed. Wow. Yeah, I like, and that's the virtual, right? That's the the arena. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What about you, Rodrigo? Have you been getting back into arena since it's all virtual and you don't have to worry about stacks of cards to to sort through? Yeah, I've uh, like um, I think I told this story in the uh, major spoilers podcast, but some friends wanted to. Uh, play uh and we had to do it remotely and our only like real lingua franca was magic so i got back into it <laughs> and basically now i play about ten thousand times more than anybody else in that group <laughs> like i was like yeah we'll get back into arena and we can all play together or whatever and then you know it's like 10 days later <laughs> like I'm like click 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 Yeah, I've been I've been playing a lot, which mostly means brewing a lot of weird decks in historic and then winning with those decks about twenty percent of the time, which feels great. Oh, that's pretty good. So your standard magic experience there. Pretty much. you know, it's it's nice because it's a more limited card pool, and any cards that you want, you can easily get. So mm-hmm. that's nice. We had, like, also recently on a on the pre-show, we had a conversation about Watsi's relationship with the secondary market. But in Arena, there is no secondary market, yep. right? You just basically spend these tokens to get cards. Yep. Now, I did, you know, uh, I got in on the back end of probably the last month of what, what was before... Um, the, the the Viking one, whatever set that yep, was. Kaldheim. Kaldheim. And what's the new one that's the Harry Potter one? Strixhaven. Yeah. Strixhaven. I bought uh I bought the um the base set basically, like if you bought a mm-hmm. a brick of of those. But I haven't played that one yet. I've uh 
I got really busy as, as soon as April uh, hit, as soon as that uh, set came out, and I haven't had a chance to go in and do any of the daily. I was uh, all through March, I was going through and doing all the daily challenges because one of the things that is nice about Arena is when you do those challenges, you get free packs, which means you don't have to spend money to, you know, to build your decks. Uh, and so that's what I was doing. I was grinding through that and, and built my own couple of decks that I thought were pretty good. Yeah. Um, but um, I need to work a little bit more on that, I think. And, and that's what I do. I'm, I'm probably the exact opposite of what Watsi wants. Um, I play a lot and thus and a lo- gain a lot of like coins, which is the like non-money based mm-hmm. in-game currency. Mm-hmm. And then like I'll play and play and play and I will buy one pack, please. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, the, and about and, those daily and I'm challenges. Like, well, I sure feel 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 fulfilled that yep. I got one pack out of all this playing. And then there's Rob, who's just like, "Yeah, sure. Here, here's my paycheck." <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've, we've all been there. Oh no! Uh, yes, yes, we've all been there. That's that's the reason why I had to get out of Magic the last time because it was just like, eh, I'll go to the store and just buy like twenty packs and and yeah. uh, just open them up and not know what to do with them and then. Finally, give them you know three notebooks full to Rodrigo of yeah. stuff. So there's a reason why I had to work at the comic store and get forty percent off of the books. I mean, <laughs> otherwise I'd, I would be broke. Yeah, that's just, that's just well, the rule. So there's an interesting thing that I don't know if you guys have been following this. This is more on the Pokemon side, but I think it also is going to affect Magic as well. There's been this huge rush since pandemic of Pokemon cards, so much yeah. so that it is super hard to find them. Again, we were talking a little bit about this on the Major Spoilers uh, podcast pre-show. You can go find more information about that over at our Patreon page. Um, but, um, you know, Target is basically out of them. Uh, Walmart is completely out of them because as soon as you go in uh, to buy the Pokemon or any of those, at our Walmart, the shelves are bare. People are there Fridays just scooping up everything. But apparently, and I want to get everybody's feedback on this, apparently Walmart, this is uh, something that just started circulating today, Apparently, Walmart has told their stores to no longer stock any trading card games because of bad behavior by customers uh, around those around those cards. Yeah, uh, and I think it has. Uh, I think it has to do with some bad, you know, somebody who comes in and just buys the whole stack. And so, like my ten year old who loves the Pokemon game can't get any Pokemon cards. And so, I, I wonder uh, if it's part of that or if there's something else going on. Do you, do you know, Rob? Since you're you're way into that, uh, there are a lot of uh printing shortages right now oh okay uh so it's affecting it's affecting basically every little tcg uh just yeah. terribly uh digimon the digimon tcg which is mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic by the way uh came out at the beginning of this year and has such a shortage on it that booster boxes which cost a little under 100 retail are being sold at over 250 oh. from gaming stores. Yeah. Oh no. And that's uh, before the scalpers get them to charge even more online. Yeah. No, we had to go through uh. that. We had to go through that at Christmas. I think it was Christmas uh, when we were buying um, the last Pokemon stuff because it was like, well, we're kind of desperate, and that's what he wanted for for uh, Christmas. And I probably spent about 250 for you know the the main you know, box of cards that should have not probably cost that much. And it was probably even more than that. But yeah, I was just amazed at, at how high that's going. But what do you think is going to happen now with, if Walmart and target are both like, yeah, we're not going to have these for a while. We don't uh, want these on so our shows for a while. Targets actually done already made their concessions. Uh, 
basically it's they announced when the cards come out and there is a maximum of three packs per person or three product per person i don't know exactly how it works uh and the not either this week or last week they started announcing that anybody in line before whatever time target opens uh or i probably like some extended period before that will be uh called for trespassing oh interesting <laughs> like yeah target corporate told the I stories like yeah no anybody that's in the parking lot that's not supposed to be there call the cops yeah <laughs> i know that uh widget was looking for uh, it wasn't actually a trading card game but they were looking for something for uh the island thing with the animals animal crossing animal crossing, animal yeah. crossing? uh yeah apparently there was a hello kitty pack of six hello kitty cards and you can't buy it apparently what you have to do is go online and tell target we want this pay for it and then they will send it to your target and i'm I'm thinking you know that yeah it's uh there was like a hello kitty and there was a a cinema roll and a whatever frogger's name is not a gretzko sadly croco the frog (laughs) no yeah you can't do a gretzko but when you could but nonetheless (laughs) You, you mean they were they were literally saying we will not physically have the cards until you have paid for them and then they will be shipped to your local store and I'm like why don't they just ship that's them actually right to the kind house? of brilliant I don't know why they just don't have them shipped to the house then if you're buying them online just ship them to your house yeah. well that's uh, the thing you know well because we, we that gets looking for them store. online and they were like twelve hundred dollars oh yeah that uh, I mean um that seems to be what's been going on. Yeah, uh, and it's not, and it's dumb. not just old. It's not just the old cards because uh, we've seen like the heritage auction sites and other online auction sites have gone through the roof with um, with their sales of these aren't even a, you know original set Pokemon stuff. This is stuff from like five years ago that yep. are going through the roof. Uh, some Pokemon. of these thousand dollars for a card or whatever it is. Yeah, Pokemon cards specifically are at this moment like the the Pokemon card world is hit with a. Double whammy, right? First off, and and it's and that double whammy whammy comes from the pandemic, right? First mm-hmm. off, there are shortages, right? And second, when you get out your graphing calculator and figure it out, <laughs> all of the all of the very youngest millennials and uh, Gen Z were just getting into Pokemon cards, like. 20 years ago or something yeah. like that yeah. um, maybe 30 years ago who knows um, but it's like it all times out to here's this batch of people that have entered the workforce have some disposable income and all of a sudden aren't allowed to do anything so everybody's like you know what I used to like Pokemon cards. yeah and that and that's that's so, going on across all things uh, toys yeah. are the same way action figures are the same way uh, okay. I haven't looked to see what the current Lego uh, situation is, but I know that our store shelves are pretty bare of Lego as of since Christmas. Christmas, it was the shelves were basically yeah. empty, but even now the Lego aisle is only half stocked uh, with yeah, stuff. Back, so I think it's everything across are, the line. Yeah, back issues are doing it too. Somebody was asking about um, Swamp Thing. I think he was joking about Giant Size Man Thing number one. Oh, yeah, Man Thing. Yeah. And I'm like, Giant Size Man Thing number one's a $30 book. And I went and I looked it up. Near Mint, it's running 350 Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. like, okay, I, that, I, that's just a ridiculous jump over the 
three or four years. Well, but I think it, and again, I, I'm not a, a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but it seems like that's the soothing mechanism or, or the coping mechanism yeah, absolutely. Uh, that people are having when they're boxed up at home and can't go anywhere and do anything that it's just like, well, I'm going to, and I don't want to say revert as in a bad way, but I'm going to go back to the things in my childhood that, you know, uh, sure. that I liked and enjoyed that I knew were calming. And so that's why we're just seeing people jumping into this baseball card market. I wish I still had that original run of the, um, remember the DC, uh, superhero cards from the, from the mid nineties, Matthew. I hated those. Oh man. I had a complete, <laughs> I, I, bought, I spent like 60 bucks, which back in, in that, that time period was a lot of money. Yeah. That was like half a paycheck yeah. for Matthew and I, that was like $175 today. <laughs> today yeah. Uh, but I got, you know, the, the, you know, they'd sell them in those boxes, the long box, not really the long box, but it was all, it was a, it was a case, yeah, a case of them. Uh, but it was all the cards. It wasn't random. It was all, all of the cards. And I carried those around with me until I was getting ready to move to California in 99. And then I was just like, eh, I really don't have a use for these anymore. Those things are going for like thousands of dollars right now. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. man. I have, I have a pretty complete set. I don't have the, the, a lot of the premier cards, but a pretty complete set of the 90s clear X-Men set. Oh, yeah. I knew you were going to say it. Yep. You want some of the you want some of the shiny shmangy cards? I've got a bunch of those. Yeah, uh, well, we'll I've got talk because like, I've got like um, a cable shiny and I've got like a Spider-Man shiny shiny and ooh. yeah, that that set was great. That that set had embossed Age of Apocalypse variants. Yes, um, those were hideous. <laughs> yeah, they're just incredible. But in, like, when else? You know, it's like obviously those have to be worth something because nobody. Like everybody wanted those then, and nobody wanted those for the longest time. So people have to want them again, right? Yeah. Um, no, in any case, I, uh, yeah, I should, I should look that up, see if I can. Yeah, because I know, like Justin Robert Young, this was a couple of months ago. He was talking about the that Marvel set, and he was just like, "Oh man, I wanted to get this one card," and he's like, "It's five hundred dollars." So yeah, the Marvel sets they actually had multiple sets from like eighty-seven through ninety-five. Well, he was specifically and, talking about that shiny Spider-Man you were just talking about, Matthew. Oh, yeah. The shiny Spider-Man I have. Um, I no longer have the complete set of uh, 89, 90, 91, because I actually sold those for relatively decent money because I had complete sets. But sure. it's it's one of those things where as you get into it, you also find that those cards seem to be you know touch points for the comic books, too, to where people are writing stories that seem to be based on things that only happened in those card sets. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes, it's coming back, Rodrigo. Yeah. I have a complete set of the mask, the movie trading cards. Oh. You, you got Cuban <laughs> Pete? I got Cuban Nobody Pete. Nobody got and Cuban not Pete. only that, but that had a set of what, 18, maybe, maybe it was just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Maybe it was just the nine. I'm just this for memory of covers from the Max the Mask comic as well so it was like basically every beat in the movie plus beats that were taken out of the movie like there are yes. deleted scene cards Ooh, i, I, I used back. to have some work in mindy cards yeah, yeah. <laughs> i had i had a collection of uh, herbie the love bug or herbie rides again trading cards from like 1975 that had missing sequences from the movie mm-hmm and I lost the cards. And well, I'm that's so like the, I, I remember like the Star Wars cards when they came out. There was one that was a deleted scene from the original Star Wars movie. 
uh, when it was yep. just called Star Wars, uh, that had him and uh, was it Biggs uh, standing over, looking over a cliff, uh, having yes. a conversation, and it was like, who is this guy? And then you you know you hear the read the novelizations or those kinds of things, and you're like, ah, that's who this guy is. But what it's like, you don't know is that Biggs's middle name is Ass Mustache. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> One of the one of the other things that I've kind of been doing, kind of as a side effect to having all these um, all these games that take up a lot of space, is I've been deep diving into storage systems. Like uh, this Marvel United has a lot of uh, vacuum formed uh, stuff that uses up a lot of space, and I think for many people who play any kind of a board game, those vacuum formed things just. I wish there was a better way to organize and also uh, account for expansions. So uh, I've been doing, I've got a laser uh, cutter. I've had it for a couple of years. And so I've been laser cutting specific inserts and boxes and everything. Uh, like I you know, built a really quick little box to put all of the Marvel United bits in that we access every game, regardless of what module we're playing. Um, and so that's kind of been a little side hobby is just uh, looking at creating specific boxes and organizers for all the little bits that come with these games. So I can get rid of, you know, some of the boxes, uh, I, Brian, I, you know, we talked about this with street masters, which is a, again, another one uh-huh. of my favorite games in the world. Um, where it's just like, you know, is there a way to, to cut this down? And I've, I've cut them down by, you know, either making my own or buying, um, you know, these other, other, uh, organizer systems. But now, did you get the, uh, aftershock giant box thing? I did. But again, uh, I, I'm not, so some people sell these things and they're just like, oh yeah, just throw all your minis in there. And it's like, no, I don't want to do that because they're going to get broken. Or if you paint them, they're going to get all, all dinged up when you just throw them all in there. Um, so I kind of want to keep them nice and organized, but I, I guess one of the things that comes out of this is you do end up with boxes that you could throw away, but sometimes the art on these boxes is really, really cool. So, so pretty, yeah. yeah. So what is, yeah. what is, what is your guys' solution? Do you guys throw away any the of these extra boxes put, put other things in them yeah i guess there's that chuck yeah. out the innards and keep the box for storage purposes yeah you know? what do you do Brian? i have it, pretty much that i uh have yes quite a few empty boxes kicking around that i should probably throw away but yeah well, i have a hard time letting go so i just keep it around and maybe i'll use them for something one of the one of the fanciest re- kind of replacement storage systems that i got was for What's the one? Eldritch Horror? That's the one where you travel around the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I had like, I have all the expansions for that. And this guy was selling these custom cases that it looks like an old 1920s suitcase. And you open up and so you've got a handle for it. I mean, it just literally has, and you put all of the Eldritch Horror stuff all in there. It's stored nicely. It's well organized. You can pick it up, turn it upside down. The little uh chits and markers aren't gonna you know spill out everywhere and it's a really cool little system uh so much so that because it looks like this 1920s um uh, suitcase i went online and found you know original art where years ago people will do things like destination travel destination artwork for various fictional locations and someone had done a whole line of of uh cthulhu mythos stuff like um you know antarctica for the mountains of madness and and some of the other city locations i printed those out and cut them out and then got some mod podge and glued them onto the case so it looks like it's actual travel case that had stickers from around the world of all these travels so it's really cool but i didn't know if you guys did anything else 
for your storages. And, and Matthew says he put things in other places. Brian's keeping yeah. his. What about you, Rodrigo or Rob? Do you guys do anything with your extra boxes? I try to condense stuff as much as possible and just kind of tend to throw extra stuff away. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Rodrigo, uh, do you do anything? It it just it really depends. Um, I uh, like, for example, for my magic cards, I bought a lot of fat packs, right? And fat mm-hmm. packs are those things that are like I don't know what the exact dimensions would be, but they're little boxes that have art. They have like wraparound card art or art specifically for the fat pack. So. I store a lot of magic cards in those when uh, when there's there's like fewer cards to be stored. Like if I like my non-basic lands are in fat packs. Um, as far as uh, the only probably the only uh, game that I've gone all in on is Smash Up. So yeah. I got the big geeky box. Yeah, that me too. Box come like that game comes with a big storage box. So I just got that. Now did um, you get the bigger geekier box i i have not because i also there's i'm still there's still a few sets at at around the time when like covid hit i was like yeah i'm never i'm never gonna get a group to get a place smash up (laughs) i i really have to put this stuff away for a while and then wait until uh society resurfaces to uh to start looking (laughs) for for people to play Um, we just inherited a bunch of games uh, from a friend and um, we were like oh, we don't have any shelf space for these yeah. and then we realized that we had unused cabinets in the kitchen so we <laughs> stuck a bunch of games in the kitchen. Rodrigo where's the sugar and why is there a uh, a uh, Cthulhu uh, Pandemic uh, edition in here? Yep. yep. The cinnamon Pretty is much. right behind the X-Men smash up yeah. game. Well, there is, speaking of, and I gotta, I've got to go and look and see the status. I know they announced it a couple of months ago, but I haven't seen anything about it since. But there is a new Marvel smash-up game that is coming out. Um, it's were, in stores. Is it in stores now? Okay, cool. Because I need to go and get that one uh, because it looked like a lot of fun. Uh, have you picked it up, Rob? I know you are a smash-up fan. Uh, I haven't picked up any smash-ups since coming out here. Uh, mostly not a lot of the group out here was big on it. And I have to figure out exactly what I have before I can actually uh, do that because mm. mine and Brian's because Brian and I were buying stuff simultaneously, oh, so yeah. we didn't have crossover. Yeah, right. and you, then you had to Sophie's Choice it. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. Now I uh, actually got some smash up stuff from a friend that I do have. So now I'm like, oh, if I ever play. With Rob and Brian, they can both play wizards and not fight over them. <laughs> <laughs> wizards, wizards. Yep. No, yes. that's not allowed. But you can both you can both play wizard zombies, and I'll just sit there and watch you destroy yourself. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, this is uh the the Smash Up Marvel game is a standalone game. It's not just an expansion. It's uh standalone. So yeah, definitely gonna get this. Thirty five. You bucks. play like Eternals. Inhumans. Uh, let's see. What do they have in here? Blood, I believe. Let's see. What are the what are the decks in here? Let's see if I can find them. Really that quick. would be fun if there was like a vampires one, and you could move Jubilee from the X Men set to the vampire set. Uh, so cool. what do, what do they yes. have here? They have the Ultimates, Masters of Evil, the Kree, Hydra. Uh, let's see who else. This all sound terrible. 
Uh, I wouldn't want to be any of those. Yeah, Marvel's Marvel's villain groups. I mean, unless it's like the Sinister Six, like yeah, they have Sinister Six and Shield and Avengers oh, and Spider Verse. Oh no, um, not X Men. Oh, they have... this stuff was probably licensed back when the X Men were still. Yeah, yeah, tied up in things. If I can yeah. play Peter Parked card, the Amazing Spider Mobile, I will play Spider Verse, but. Probably Otherwise. not. They're probably not going to go that deep dive. I would recommend if you want to go, sure. and I don't even know if that's a card in um, what's the other uh, Marvel game that I like to play. That's that card, that, card building game. Uh, I was going to ask, did anyone? Oh, you're talking about uh, what's that one, Rob? Rob? <laughs> you got it around. Right? Rob's got it too. That uh, I ended up getting you that Fantastic Four expansion that was like, oh, legendary. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legendary has several Spider-Man expansions. I don't know if that's a character in any of those, but Legendary Not is yet. also an incredibly fun game. You know what? He's appeared in four different panels over the last eight years. He's he's legit. But yeah, sure. He's a, he's has a anyone car. played the Marvel's Champions? I have it. We haven't played it yet. Uh, now that everybody understands Marvel United, I'm going to say, how about we play Marvel Champions? Because I've been buying those and getting the expansions for it. Um, Are they the actual champions? It is. Uh, I forget who's in the base set. No, um, it, it's not that. Uh, the base set basically has Captain America, Ms. Marvel, Hulk, Black Widow. No, Black Widow was an expansion. Um, Spider-Man was in that first one. I can't remember, but basically you Oh, have, the living card game. Yeah, the living card yeah. game. Basically, you take a hero uh, and you get you know all these cards and powers that go with your hero, and then you choose an aspect, leadership or aggression, or, and I forget what the other two are. Um, Hamburgers. Uh, healing, I think, is another one, and I, I forget what they all are. But then you combine those two decks together, and then you go and you take on uh, a villain, a mastermind uh, uh, for that game. So it's kind of also a shuffle-building game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's pretty fun. I've watched several. I've watched this guy. I think it's Doug Herring on uh, YouTube. He plays that game a lot. So I I pretty much know all the rules and everything that needs to go through. Plus, he talks about why he builds. Because there's a portion of the deck that, uh, like the leadership deck, that you can build yourself with X number of cards. Um, And then every expansion comes with the hero. And then it also comes with more cards to to build upon that. And the game by itself comes with pre-built decks, but you are more than welcome to build your own deck out of that. So yeah, see, that's, that's my problem with the Marvel universe is I'm probably never going to be able to play Captain Ultra and the Texas Twister against Rampage, the recessional man. Probably not. And there's a reason for that. I mean, I'm the only pe- people who know who those idiots are, but more so I feel like that would be a game where you would feel like the real Marvel universe. Well, Where give them give like, them time hey, because I think it's some idiot that shows up. Yeah, it's Fantasy Flight that has Marvel Champions, and you know they do a lot. I mean, until the game dies, and there's a couple of their games recently that I think have have fallen off the cliff. Um, but um, give them time. Who knows? Uh, four of their more recent expansions, or their yeah, I guess I'd, expansions. There's the uh, Scarlet Witch and, and Quicksilver were two recent ones, and then they did something interesting with. Ant-Man and the Wasp, where the cards unfold, so you can, if you're going to be like Ant-Man, it'll unfold into a giant card, so you can be giant man. Um, (laughs) Which, I don't know, if you're someone who likes to sleeve your cards, it's kind of a pain in the butt, and so people have had to come up with some weird ways of of protecting those cards. You you buy like 
eight of them. <laughs> and you fold each yes. one so that a part is showing. Yes. Yep. And then you think ruined eight cards. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like that issue of uh of Next Wave where you were supposed to buy six copies and put them all together so you could see the big twelve page spread all put out. That way they <laughs> sold six times as many issues. Ha <laughs> ha frames. Yeah, no nobody did that. I did. <laughs> One person did that. Nobody did that. Okay. <laughs> I got a forty percent off. That yeah. Bad. That yeah. doesn't count. So you only, so you only what they wanted. Two. So you only paid like right. uh, you only bought two. I extra. only paid two hundred and forty percent, as opposed to six hundred percent. And that means that with my thirty-three percent chance and your twenty-five percent chance, I've got a hundred and thirty-seven percent chance of winning against Samoa that's, Joe. That's not how that works. You tell that to Scott Steiner. Anyway, oh, uh, what what's the other Fantasy Flight game that they did? That was the Magic guy designed it. Did anybody play that game? Oh, oh Keyforge. Uh, Keyforge. Keyforge. Keyforge is fun, but uh, fail one. The pandemic absolutely killed it. Yeah. Uh, and kind of fails on a. So it it. The way it plays feels like magic as Richard Garfield intended. Oh, and, I mean, uh, isn't that the point, though? Wasn't that the whole point? Yeah, yeah kind of. Because uh, the entire thing is you buy two decks, shuffle them together, and that's your deck. You don't add anything from anything else. Uh, this is what you're playing with. You've got two deck lists because every deck comes with its own yeah, so, generated deck list. Yeah, so no. uh, all the decks are completely random. So you don't know exactly what you're going to get. Uh, but it, it was really fun. I like the mechanics. I like how it plays. Even me as a just dedicated limited player for magic and um, and any card game that, comes around i try to do some sort of limited format the appeal grew or the appeal faded too quickly Mm. yeah Uh, you know for me like the reason why i am into magic at all is deck construction yeah yeah so i i play limited stuff every once in a while but keyforge coming in and being like there is no deck construction in this i'm like well, I'm already like very disinterested, as, as interested as I am in the mechanics and this idea of like you don't win by fighting, like fighting is just kind of like a means to an end, blah, blah, so on and so forth. Um, just the fact that I couldn't then just crack these things apart and like put them together. And I like I was like having I, I had my tinfoil hat on and was predicting like there is going to rise a group that will start brewing decks and then they're going to have to count out to them. <laughs> but then, you know, the game just kind of dies. Yeah. I, yeah. I, they, they, I guess they do have a, a recent, I mean, the game is still expanding. They're still releasing oh, that's it. Good. That's good. Um, because I know that uh, the last time I went over fantasy flights website, um, they had, they had released, what is it? Mass mutation or whatever is their most recent uh, expansion. Um, but yeah, they, they also a made a RPG book for it. Oh, really? Using their Genesis system. Yeah, there you go, Brian. Way to bring it back oh, around. Why has it got to be Final Fantasy? If not Fantasy that. Flight. Fantasy yeah. Flight. I hate you, Fantasy you know, Flight RPGs. Genesis. <laughs> you don't like the weird dice? I, 
I don't want to have to get an entirely new set of dice every time I play an RPG. Well, you at least all the Genesis Jenny. systems use the same dice, and it's actually the same dice that they used for their Star Wars one, just minus the Force dice. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I'm not a big fan of the funky dice either with the symbols. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, more ways to roll a one. No, it's different Successes things. And there's no numbers and, on them. Um, That's like kind of part of my issue. Wait, yeah, there's yeah. no numbers? No, it's, no, it's symbols. Like, symbols. Uh, one kapow, two kapows. Like yeah. a little, a little mouse with a hat. Like yeah. that's what that's what's on the face. Yeah, there's like a success symbol, and a critical success symbol, and a failure oh, symbol, and up. a complications symbol, yeah, and a boon symbol. And I just feel like it's too much. It depends on the you game guys are playing. gaslighting me. There's no mouse hats. <laughs> there might be. There aren't. Yeah, it's like that's. I played a game with a mouse feather. and a hat. You can't. Tr- <laughs> you can't freak. I played mouse trap not, once. I thought it was I'm not dumb. picking up what you're putting down. Don't don't buy mouse trap. It's a dumb game. <laughs> mouse trap is a wonderful game. You shut your lying mouth. It is a dumb game. Sorry, everybody. Mouse trap yeah. isn't exactly a game. Yeah, it's, it's more of just a, a game, toy, man. It's just a. There was yeah. a there was this game that was about bugs, and you made your pieces out of like play doh. Like it came. Oh, we had that. And then you made the bugs out of it, and so you'd move around. And if your bug got killed, you would like hit oh, it yeah, with smash a seal that said splat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they would just splat oh, on the board. Make the game yeah. that splat. caused yeah. something to happen. Yeah. You could like skip that. Uh, there was also a game. Uh, this is an older game. I don't know if they still make it or not. But cooties, remember cooties, uh, Matthew? Yeah, yeah cooties. You would play. And you kid. would build your cootie. I yeah. love cooties. Yeah, I think cooties still exist. I know a number of the games <laughs> around cooties still still exist. Cooties I mean, still exists. Like, you buckets and all still that. around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeti and my spaghetti is the one I've seen recently, which I think might actually be a new one from that company genre, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rob. What? Ask me if the abominable snowman is called yet. Not Yeti. Yeti. How dare womp, you? Womp, womp, womp. Womp womp. I think we'll go out on that note, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for checking us out this week. Uh, I believe we'll be back with another game next week. But uh, until then, go check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers. You can uh, get access to uh, character sheets and a whole bunch of other um, uh, bonus uh, bits and pieces. And it certainly helps keep this show on the air and keeps it going uh, for maybe another 15 years. Let's uh, find out and let's see if we can make it happen. Until next time, though, here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.